All new Jakey here, and I figured for this video, I wanted to try something different. It's not something I usually do. I've kind of been getting into the reaction scene, but I feel like this is something a little bit different. I decided to go to Reddit and do something that a lot of people tell me I'm good at, and that's giving advice. So we've got r slash advice here, obviously the first Reddit page. And just looking at these posts here, we have a lot to choose from. Obviously, I have the power of editing, so you're not going to see everything. But I'm going to try to respond to some of the best uh, out of the bunch here. And then maybe even some of the responses, see what people think. And just kind of put it up to my own uh, best judgment. Let's see. I mean, starting off wild here. Do you want to do the first one, dude? Like, it's just a, proud to say I'm almost nine months clean from meth. Am I young enough to turn things around at 28? And will I find a beautiful and caring woman? Let's read this one. Because a lot of, you know, even like just in general, I feel like a lot of people think that there's this this cutoff point to when you can turn things around. Uh, But there are plenty. I mean, dude, Jimmy Kimmel, he started, I I know certain people don't like Jimmy Kimmel, but he started comedy when he was 21 years old. Old. And he didn't really become your prototypical stand-up comedian, but he does have a late-night show, and he makes a lot more money than the average person. There's plenty of people, point is, where the example can be made that they found success late in life. So uh, just off the bat, before I read anything into this, I, I think even starting at 28, even starting with the past that you have, sir, or ma'am, I'm not sure which, because it says chaotic lunatic 66, uh, you'll be all right. Starting my school for dental hygiene in January. It's what I always wanted to do. I am an intelligent and good-looking fit guy, yet I still haven't found love for some reason. Once I start to get my life together and do good things, will I find love? Very esoteric question here. Uh, Dude, look, if you've made it this far, and, and, you know, I'm taking your word for this. If you're intelligent and you're good-looking and you're fit, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to hypothetically get that turned around as well. I don't know about your 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 meth love life like i don't i don't know what the meth love life scene is is like right now if there are like meth dates that you can go on but if you're a good looking guy i'd assume you had attention from women before and everyone appreciates someone who has their shit together so listen if you've gotten this far already there's nothing you really can't do that's the thing i like and a lot of people i think would uh discount how good it is starting from a bad spot and that kind of sounds paradoxical but i feel like if you start from such a, let's just use this gentleman as an example, right? You start off as a meth addict, as a meth addict, that to many would be probably a bad start. But I feel like if you're, if you're at rock bottom at some point and you get to build yourself back up, that gives you a, a distinct advantage over others, right? Everyone has uh, their lowest point. To some, it may be something as simple as getting kicked out of school. To some, it might be Oh, uh, geez, like, you know, a suicide attempt or something like that. Not to get too too serious, but just to illustrate the point I'm trying to make, everyone has their lowest point. And if you can take that, you can learn from it, you can build from it, you're going to be unstoppable. That's my personal opinion. Let's check some of the comments. I, of course, can't guarantee you that you'll find a beautiful and caring woman, but you have as good of a shot as anyone else, I'd say. I agree. You're never too old to get things back on track so long as you have a desire to. Congrats on being clean. It takes a great deal of strength and willpower to come out the other end of an addiction. Wholeheartedly agree. I think this guy mirrors my point exactly. Uh, and, and just the fact that this guy has been able to kick this addiction and get to into a school where he wants to be, you know, many don't get to do that. Many, many don't. Unfortunately, there are some people that just can't, for whatever reason, it might not even be in their control, get that second chance they're looking for when they come from that that rock bottom position that I'm describing. So this guy, again, he's made it this far. 
why can't you do it? Take that extra step and, and just really uh, get in there with the love life. Next post. This one's good. This one's a, uh, a love life one. This should be interesting. Guy I went on a date with wants a chat. Why? I'm assuming this one's from the UK, but already an interesting title. After and during the date, he expressed a keen interest. It was a nice date and he was gentlemanly throughout. I don't, I'm not sure if that's a word, but whatever. Afterwards, I responded to his request to meet again with a kind, no chemistry type combo. He now wants a telephone chat. I find this uncomfortable and don't really want to talk. How do I get out of it? I remain polite because he seems nice and I don't want to hurt him. This chat won't change things and I don't want a postmortem. Any advice? Before we read any comments, I'd say you did the right thing off the bat. You were respectful and gave him your honest opinion. I can't say everyone does that these days. So just the fact that you have the mental maturity to do that, I think speaks volumes about who you are as a person. Top friend 5744. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, if he wants a chat, I'd say oblige his request, maybe do it over the phone so you don't have to deal with sort of that extra layer of uncomfortableness meeting up with this guy in person. Again, it, it, this the onus doesn't fall on you anymore, right? You did the you did the right thing here. He's not, if this guy's gonna like black out on you and he's gonna call you a bunch of names, then at that point, this is on him because you handled it the right way. If you're not, if you're too uncomfortable to set something up with this guy and you don't want to have that postmortem type conversation, that's fine too. Just be like, hey man, listen, all respect, but I, again, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe ask him what the convo would be about. I think that's a really good way to go about it. Based off of his response off the bat, you could tell whether it's going to be more of an uncomfortable type of thing or if he's just genuinely uh, a good guy. And it seems like he's a good guy that wants to uh, talk about his feelings. Now to the comments. Tell him you're not interested in the chat and you hope he finds what he's looking for. Then block him on everything. <laughs> you told him no. And if he can't respect it, that's on him, not you. Uh, I agree. I don't know about the block him part. Only if he obviously gets very disrespectful or he won't respect your privacy. I don't think there's any reason to just block him now. Uh, I, I don't know. That seems like a big step. I'd say just kind of cut off communications. And if he says, oh, hey, every once in a while, you say hi. But again, you keep that in the cordial zone. I feel like that's the, the biggest thing. Isn't that a bit mean as he insisted on paying for the date? Gosh, I feel horrible, but yes, that's better than a chat going nowhere. It's not, it wouldn't be mean. I think it's customary for guys to pay on the first date. There's nothing wrong with it not going the right way. I don't think that guys should use paying on the first date as like a bargaining chip to get a girl's attention. Hey, if you think about it, that's couple of steps off really from prostitution. It's like, Hey, I'm paying you. So you better, you better give me your time and attention. And, and you know, what did I waste all that money for? You know, that that's not like, that doesn't make a lot of sense if you really think about it. And then on another level, that's just the way sometimes dating goes. Right. And if it wasn't there, it wasn't there. He made the decision, of course, to pay for the date. I'm sure he insisted. Yeah, he insisted. So in reality, you don't have anything to worry about. I definitely would not block him, though. Him not accepting a no chemistry type of message is a bit of a red flag. Yeah, um, I'm thinking about the prototypical nice guy here. I'm not thinking about an actual good dude that is. All right. If the spark wasn't there, so be it. So be it. I'm thinking about the guys who are like, oh, you know, they, they want to be nice. And then if a woman rejects them, it's like fucking bitch. No, you, you guys are never worthy of my attention. Anyways, I'm too good for you guys. These, these whores out here, you know, all I wanted was some sex after those type of guys. 
I think that's a red flag if they were to respond to that. So I don't know if if this guy necessarily is one of those guys. It certainly does point in that direction if he didn't. It's not necessarily pointing in that direction. It's more so kind of like that it could be going in in that type of in that type of area hemisphere. So again, I'd say proceed with caution. On to the next one. Okay, this one's an even better one. It says advice received, but we're going to we're going to double receive or I guess double give advice here. He's doing it again and it's bringing back old pain. My ex, 28 male, and I, 28 female, are good friends. We've been broken up for almost 4 years now and I could say that the feelings are absolutely gone. Probably not on his end. By just Judging this title here, probably not on his end. So long story short, he was a terrible boyfriend. He put his friends before me. He let his mother say horrible things about me. He let other girls flirt with him in front of me. He just sucked as a boyfriend. When we broke up, I wanted nothing more to do with him, but my fiance is very close to him and we settled our differences for his sake and moved on. We're all friends now and things couldn't be better. I mean, I guess, you know, if you think about like people changing and and circumstances as well can can change. uh, That's definitely an interesting 180 to go from absolutely despising this guy to being like, things couldn't be better. My fiance is very good friends with him. Also, how does that dynamic play out? I'm very interested in this story so far. In the beginning of my relationship with my ex, he went back and forth ghosting me and then popping up again. He said he didn't want a relationship, but he knew I did. We were basically friends with benefits, but I wanted to be with him so badly. This went on for months and it was so painful for me. Why didn't he want me, but he was comfortable doing other things? He knew how I felt about him, but as long as I let him touch me, what? He knew how I felt about him, but as long as I let him touch me, he would invite me over. I know I made a choice to keep seeing him and I know how insecure I was. So I'm so confused right now. He knew how I felt about him, but as long as I let him touch me, he would invite me over. It seems like, I'm sorry, whoever this is that's writing this, it seems like you realized all the red flags in the situation and went forward with it anyways, which she does, or he, I don't know, AgroPuppies94, again, these are all very uh, gender ambiguous names, could be a they, I'm not sure. It seems like uh, this girl knew what was going on and then essentially went with it anyways which is, again it seems like she kind of uh copes to a little bit here and she's you know she puts it on a lack of uh, of confidence which is very very common i feel like in toxic relationships a lot of reason and i've never i haven't been in a lot of toxic relationships thank god um but a lot of the ones i have been in which has been about uh let's say like one or two it's been a lack of security like feeling like we can't go other places and we're a little bit dependent on each other. But again, there's not that like you can't escape essentially. So or that feeling that you can't escape. Whoever this is, you're not uh, you're not I'm the, the outlier. You're the uh, I'd say you're the, the, the norm in this situation. Fast forward to now. Like I said, we all moved on with our lives and he's seeing someone else, but he's doing the same thing to her as he did to me. She knows about our past and he has asked me a 100 questions about our past and how it's so similar to what I went through. I feel horrible for her, but I also feel like I'm going through this again through her. I cried about it twice yesterday, and I don't understand why I feel so passionately about this. Maybe Reddit has answers for me. Why does this bother me so much? It's not my problem anymore. I shouldn't care about this because I don't have feelings for my ex. And I forgave him for being so shitty before. He even apologized for his actions, but he's doing it again, though, and I feel some rage building inside that's coming from a place of pain. Why do I feel this way, Reddit? And what can I do to stop myself from feeling this way? 
before I get to the comments here, I think you have feelings for this guy. I think I'm not to be a, uh, a complete dickhead here, but I feel like you definitely there are some unresolved emotional ties uh, and it, it's evident that you didn't get out of the relationship earlier that those have always been there and this is just a continuation of that if I had to guess and I'm just going to be bluntly honest here you probably do feel a degree of not jealousy but I'd say maybe a feeling of being on the outside right because I, I think what you're interpreting as feeling bad for this woman is actually a, a feeling of dread that you'd probably get from looking at this relationship from the outside play out again. And I guarantee that a, a small degree of that is you wishing that you were back with him, which is completely fine. And it's something that I, I'm not even sure people are very conscious of when they go through because jealousy can be a, a sneaky, sneaky emotion to have. I think it camouflages itself very, very well as other emotions. And I feel like this is what this this woman, this man, this, you know, they, they them, um, that's what they could be going through. I don't know, but that's my best guess. So let's check the comments. This guy is not your friend and never was. So because of your remaining feelings, you need to cut him out of your life. Exactly. If your fiance wants to remain friends with him, he can do so separately without your participation. Also, yeah, that's a really good, like, why is the fiance, I, I don't, I want to know what the relationship is. Why does, why does her fiance keep so close with this guy when he knows or she knows the background that they have? I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. Maybe it's like a friend group type of thing. It just, that opens up a whole can of worms. But I do agree with Ray seven. That's a lot of sevens. Seven times looks like six. Uh, when they say that, yeah, dude, just cut cut this guy off. I mean, honestly, it, it feels like you definitely still have unresolved feelings for this person, and it's it's taking a toll on you. So I would just say either find a way to to get yourself out of the situation. Tell your friend, say, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to be connected to this person. Can you not hang out with them at the house? Can you go somewhere else or? Just say, hey, the fiance, dude, like, I, I really, I got to be honest. I don't like the, the situation that I'm seeing play out in front of me. Is there anything we could do? And if the fiance is a, a, a normal human being, a well-adjusted human being, you guys can have a regular chat about it. And then probably some sort of an absolution can be reached. You should even tell your fiance you don't even want to hear about your old lover's activities. If your fiance doesn't understand and help you recover from your attachment to someone who basically used and abused you, then he may not be the right guy for you either. And learning that may make it easier for you to make the decision to live a healthier and happier life. Good luck. Yeah, I agree with everything Ray is saying here. I think uh, I think you just got to move on. I think you're I, it's it's something, again, that a lot of people do is just, you, you kind of made a, an incorrect read the first time around with your emotions. And a lot of people that aren't in tune with themselves, I'm not saying that this is this person, but I'm saying commonly that's what happens. It happens with me. They, they t tend to get the wires crossed on what they might be feeling at the moment. So I'd say just try to get this person the fuck out of your life. You, you don't you don't need this person sitting around influencing you when it's so far gone, so far removed. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's get one more in here. My roommate is a white supremacist. Oh boy. All right. So these, I, I like the, I like the, the spicy ones here. I like the ones where it's like, it could be a Buzzfeed video. You know what I'm saying? These are all like Buzzfeed article and video titles. I live in a large sober community setting and found out recently my new roommate is a white supremacist. Okay, so you weren't, that wasn't like a field type of thing. They are legitimately a white supremacist and has ties to a white supremacist terrorist organization. I am talking with the director of my sober living tonight about the matter. What is reasonable to expect from this conversation? I don't want to move to a different unit as I've been here for over six months and I'm very close to my other roommate. I don't feel comfortable at all, though. My dad says they should kick her out. My old, oh, this was typed terribly. My old roommate thinks... 
they should never have let her move in. Okay. Any advice about what I should ask or what I should expect? Uh, I don't know. I really like, I've never personally had a conversation with a white supremacist. Uh, I don't know if this person is white. I don't know if they're, you know, POC or like, uh, it, it, it would depend, right? Like it, it depends the dynamic of the, of the living situation. Um, yeah, it depends if you're Jewish or not. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm personally Jewish. I've never, you know, I, I've got some flack back in high school for, for being Jewish, but I've never like had a full on conversation with a, a, a white supremacist. Uh, based off of the media that I've seen, I've seen some people, you know, jokingly interview them. Uh, like I, I know uh, a, a YouTuber from the UK. I can't remember his name at the moment, but he went and he interviewed, I think, the head of the KKK in a, in a place called Zinc, uh, Arkansas. From what I'm guessing, from the, just the leader of the KKK, we're going to use that as an example because, again, I don't, I don't know what like a white supremacist person would talk like. It seems like if you don't bring it up. Um, they wouldn't talk about it. But then again, you you really don't want to be living with a white supremacist. Like that's not, it, first off, it's just like, how much uncomfortable tension would that create around the house? You know what I'm saying? Like how much just, just complete, like you're having a conversation and you know, you, you kind of like encroach into the wrong area and they're like, oh, that reminds me. These, blah, blah, you know what I'm saying? Like that's so, uh, I, I'd say, just try to be open and honest. Be like, listen, man, I really, or- Hey, uh, whatever the gender of the the person that uh, that runs this thing is, it's like, hey, I gotta be honest, don't want to live with a uh, a white supremacist. I'd rather not uh, live with this type of person. I, I wonder what organization they're from, because I I don't there's there's so much context missing from this first story. Make sure to point out that this affects everyone's well-being, not just yours. While some people might not be the target of violence, they might become the target of manipulation. That's also true. They could like try to, this person could try to (laughs) recruit you to the group if they feel like, because I feel like one thing that someone that has these radical views likes to do is talk about them. Once they feel like they're safe with someone, they like to communicate because they feel like they're in the minority, which is so hilarious. Uh, They like to kind of be like, oh, you know, like, how do you feel about? And then that's kind of how they bring it up. They wouldn't just bring it up solo dolo, you know, out of the out of the blue, but they'll bring it up every once in a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if again, if you're white, I'm not sure that they would try to recruit you to whatever we're i'm not sure i don't know there, there needs to be a lot more context here though very interesting story not to mention if this were to get out it would bring a lot of bad rep to your university 100 percent correct i feel like one thing that you could bring up when you go to the director of this program is say hey listen you don't want this on your track record right maybe the maybe the director doesn't know i, I have to let me go check back what's okay she's married to a terrorist has ties so she's not directly involved with a uh a white supremacist organization. I'm talking with the director of my sober living tonight about the matter. So maybe, I don't know if the, maybe the director doesn't know. And if you bring it to their attention, this might be a different situation. But if you do just be like, listen, uh, this is a horrible look for the university. It's a horrible look for our building. I personally don't want to be a part of this. Is there anything that we can do? And I'm sure they'd be happy to not room you with a, a white supremacist. But without further ado, this has been your boy, Jakey. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I will see you guys in the next one. Should not tobah.